0: Why is medical device cybersecurity such a difficult challenge for healthcare organizations? I'm Marianne Kolbisak-McGee, Executive Editor at Information Security Media Group. Today I'm speaking with medical device cybersecurity expert Stephen Grimes, Managing Partner and Principal Consultant at consulting firm Strategic Healthcare Technology Associates. Stephen will be discussing some of the reasons why cybersecurity of medical devices is such a difficult issue for healthcare organizations and steps that can be taken to improve medical device cybersecurity. So now, Stephen, what are some of the top hurdles within healthcare organizations that complicate the handling of issues related to medical device cybersecurity?
1: There are several. While cybersecurity is certainly a growing concern in the healthcare IT community, or has been recognized as a significant issue for many years, one of the significant challenges we have is that those people who are responsible for healthcare IT and IT cybersecurity aren't that familiar with the medical technology side, what what exists in terms of medical devices. And those folks, the, the group that uh, is primarily responsible for medical devices and uh, hospital providers, aren't familiar with the um, security issues, the security challenges, and that typically is what we call healthcare technology managers or clinical engineering or biomedical engineering groups. So there's been a significant gap. These two groups are have been traditionally pretty well siloed. One of the things that's happening that should improve the situation some is that increasingly in recognition of the fact that medical devices often include significant IT aspects, they're computerized devices, got microprocessors often networked, that clinical engineering, the people who manage the medical uh, the devices and the healthcare IT have been working more closely together. But again, there's still a significant absence of a recognition about the impact, uh, uh, the size of the medical device vulnerabilities with respect to cybersecurity.
0: So Stephen, with that said, what's your advice to healthcare providers about who should be responsible for the cybersecurity of medical devices within their organizations and who is generally better equipped with the security expertise needed to address these issues and why?
1: The first things that needs to happen is that the healthcare providers need to become more familiar with what the security vulnerabilities are, in, in this case, what the vulnerabilities are with respect to, uh, to medical devices. It's something that is gonna require the collaboration between those who are dealing with IT security as well as those that are dealing with medical device support, again, the clinical engineering group. So there needs to be some significant collaboration getting those two groups on the, on the same page as well as bringing in the the users of the technology, which are primarily the clinicians and the uh, organization's leadership. So the first thing uh, that needs to be done is there needs to be an education of those groups, getting them all on the same page, recognizing what the challenges are, and and begin taking steps to address those challenges and, and those steps are similar to what's being done in healthcare IT, but because medical devices have some significant differences, not all of the things that can be available in terms of mitigating security issues with respect to IT are available for medical devices. Medical devices tend to be in place much longer than typical IT devices, so you're looking at uh, lifespans that could range from 10 to 15, in some cases 20 years, and one of the challenges there, we're dealing with old operating systems often, and uh, those operating systems have vulnerabilities that often can't be patched because there have been modifications made to those operating systems, and then the attempt to patch can cause the device to fail. So a lot of the, the mitigation has to be done by essentially ensuring that the medical devices are placed in an environment that keeps them secure, the, often the devices themselves, some of the, the vulnerabilities, the existing vulnerabilities can't be passed, particularly the older devices, so you're either putting them in an environment that makes them less susceptible to attack or replacing them with newer devices that are more secure.
0: So now, Stephen, you made a good point that medical devices, once they're purchased, they're not replaced very often. Some of this equipment is very expensive. And then these legacy devices contain these old operating systems and other software that's no longer supported by the vendors. So what is your advice to hospitals and healthcare facilities when it comes to dealing with these kinds of legacy devices, especially when there aren't any patches available? You mentioned pulling them out of operation, and if they can't do that, what should they do?
1: First of all, once you get these stakeholders together that I've mentioned, the healthcare IT, healthcare IT security, the clinical engineering group that manages the support of these medical devices, the users, what you need to do then is to identify what you have out there in the way of medical devices and medical devices that might be vulnerable. So if you take a 500-bit hospital, a 500-bit hospital, typically has something in the neighborhood of 7,500 devices. You can expect to have about 7,500 medical devices. Those medical devices, today we are seeing something in the neighborhood of 25 to 40% of those medical devices are either have protected health information that they transmit or store, or they may be vulnerable because again, they're microprocessor based and they're they're networked, so there may be some challenges associated with, uh, again, what those can do if they do get corrupted or their uh, security is compromised. So the first thing that needs to be done is to find out what do we have what are the uh, what medical devices are out there what are their uh, vulnerabilities there is a document that uh, the industry uh, developed a number of years ago called a Manufacturer's Disclosure Statement for Medical Device Security, uh, references MDS-2. And that document is something that manufacturers and healthcare providers essentially agreed to and, and subsequently adopted as an industry standard uh, that uh, reports the security features associated with the medical device. That's available from most major manufacturers, for their product lines. So conducting the inventory, finding out what you've got in terms of medical devices, getting this MDS-2 for those devices, which means reaching out to your manufacturers, asking for a copy of the MDS-2 for the particular model that you've gotten. And again, we're talking about that 500-bed hospital with 7,500 uh, devices, you could you could have 1,000 or 2,000 ca- different categories of those devices. So uh, getting that information, with that information, you're in a better position to understand both the vulnerabilities associated with these medical devices as well as what features they may have to help facilitate in securing them. So that's uh, another step. Uh, there's also another industry guideline, a standard that was published back in the, uh, 2010 Amy ANSI ISO standard, it's uh, 80,001, and it's managing risk of medical devices on an information network And that also has some excellent guidelines in terms of the kinds of things that need to be done to effectively manage risks, including security risks, of medical devices that are being networked.
0: So, Stephen, as you mentioned, some large hospitals may have thousands and thousands of medical devices under one roof, but then healthcare organizations also have scores of other medical devices that might be spread out in affiliated facilities, at doctor offices. Any tips for how organizations can get a better handle on securing all these individual devices, including ensuring that rogue devices aren't gateways to security and privacy breaches or even patient safety issues?
1: Hospitals, healthcare providers are required if they're, uh, virtually all of them are accredited by one of the accrediting agencies like Joint Commission or DNVGL and uh, in some cases by uh, CMS itself, in order to be accredited, they are required to track all medical devices they're responsible for, including those that are outside the bricks and mortar of the hospital, often hospitals for healthcare organizations do have clinics, do have uh, patient surgery centers, do have home health operations. In order to maintain their accreditation, which Im- they have to maintain the accreditation in order to uh, qualify for federal funding, in order to do that they have to maintain inventories of these medical devices. So. When they're collecting information uh, on the inventory, when they're maintaining the inventories, they need to be looking at, again, what are the security issues we need to deal with? Does this do all these devices when we're getting new devices in? Do we have the MDS-2s? What precautions are we taking with respect to protecting not only the devices within the institution but those outside the institution, which we're probably connecting with and collecting data from? What do we need to do in order to uh, ensure that these are also protected with respect to uh, security? So now,
0: Stephen, which what one? issues do you see in terms of access, authorized access to these medical devices? Is that an issue and where do you think healthcare providers need to be spending more attention?
1: It is an issue. Medical devices are increasingly connected. Years ago, medical devices tended to be more of a standalone item. Your monitor stood alone and wasn't connected to anything uh, or your defibrillator wasn't connected to anything or your anesthesia unit wasn't connected to anything. Increasingly, these devices are connected to at least the medical record systems. Often they're also, the information that are on these systems are available to connect to for clinicians who are monitoring the care of patients and not in the immediate presence of a patient. So there is a need for this information to be available both to medical records and also to clinicians who are caring for the uh, the patients. And so, again, that, is, that certainly is something that has to be taken into consideration, and you need to set up virtual private network, secure means of connecting these devices and ensuring that the clinicians, those that are need this information in order to effectively provide timely care to the patient, do have access to it, but that, that access it, it isn't something that is, can easily be obtained by those who aren't authorized to, uh, to have access to that information. So it is increasingly a challenge, and again, here we have to develop the environment, the infrastructure, to ensure that the information is available, but it's limited to only those who, who should have access. And again, this is uh, typically a technology-related approach that needs to be addressed. Now, of course, manufacturers... We're talking here primarily about the healthcare providers and what they need to do, and and this is certainly where there is, I think, the greatest challenge. Manufacturers are also trying to get up to speed in terms of some of the increased challenges of developing their devices, making them secure, realizing that these devices that they're uh, developing are being put into environments over which they have little control. And so the manufacturers need to also work with the Uh, the clinical engineering and IT, to ensure that they're providing information to those people who are going to be attempting to secure these devices in a working environment, they provide the information that's necessary to help facilitate that security. And again, so we see manufacturers getting up to speed. FDA certainly has has come out with some uh, recent guidance documents on uh, what manufacturers need to be doing to get up to speed, but it's uh, it's important, again, that these groups rely on the manufacturers or work with the manufacturers to get this information and that the manufacturers cooperate with the users and the uh, those that are supporting these devices to maintain the security.
0: In general, what kind of authentication is used for medical devices and is there a need for multi-factor authentication and who should be thinking about doing this? Is this something the medical device makers need to do or is this something that the healthcare organizations can somehow implement?
1: Manufacturers certainly need to to employ more effective authentication uh, that's uh, uh, increasingly secure with that capability the users uh, it security and clinical engineering need to ensure that availing themselves of the the higher levels of security and, and as these devices as we see more and more devices come into you know into the healthcare uh, uh, environment and and again more that are you know come in with vulnerabilities it becomes a, an increasing challenge in the past uh, there hasn't been the The kind of authentication that employed that really was that secure, we're looking at as going forward that uh, it's something that as these vulnerabilities increase, they have to be, uh, again, more cognizant uh, of using better authentication and making sure that uh, uh, that the users, again, are aware of it and employ it.
0: Now, Stephen, you mentioned the recent FDA draft guidance for post-market cybersecurity of medical devices. What do you think of the guidance, and what else do you think the FDA can be doing to help improve the cybersecurity of medical devices?
1: The guidance, interestingly enough, as you say, the, they, the most recent guidance, which is a draft guidance. it's not, It hasn't been formally adopted, so it's, there's a, an opportunity to comment uh, before they finalize it. Even though it's for post-market, it really is directed as the other guidances uh, that uh, FDA has come out with related to pre-market work and uh, the use of off-the-shelf software in uh, medical devices, those are all really directed at the manufacturers because that's really what FDA regulates. On these particular issues, FDA's regulations really impact uh, and the guidance are really directed at manufacturers. And so the manufacturers, uh, again, are coming along. They're getting better in terms of, recognizing some of the security challenges, the kinds of environments that these new devices or their products are going into, and that uh, these environments they have, over which they have little control, they really have to build in as much security as possible into their devices. Uh, and also, they have to work with the, those that they sell their products to to ensure that those that are purchasing the products understand uh, the, the risks and understand from the manufacturer what is uh, needs to be done to, uh, to secure them. So the FDA has uh, done a, a good job in terms of bringing both the awareness of the ch- this challenge, the vulnerabilities, uh, to the uh, manufacturers as well as to the you know, healthcare providers and encouraging uh, cooperation between the manufacturers and, the, and healthcare providers and the users. I think going forward, anything that the FDA can do To essentially require that the uh, manufacturers provide examples of the those vulnerabilities, examples of the what are some of the risks associated with these these new technologies, anything that they can do to require they provide the manufacturers provide this information to uh, users would be um, helpful. Again, right now these are all just guidance documents. There are no legal regulation associated with these.
0: And finally, Stephen, as you mentioned, the FDA guidance that have come out are, are generally geared primarily to the manufacturers. If there's one thing that healthcare providers can do right now, the organizations themselves that use these devices to get the ball rolling for much improved cybersecurity of these devices in their environments, what would that one thing be?
1: They need to understand, uh, become educated with respect to the the vulnerabilities. What are the issues? And they need to understand what the scope of the, uh, the challenge is within their organization. So they need to take a look at what they have in the way of medical devices. They need to engage those the stakeholders, the IT and IT security and clinical engineering and the users, uh, ensure that they're educated and collaborating and working with the manufacturer. So uh, getting those groups to work uh, effectively together, understanding what the challenge is, beginning to get information on the, uh, once they've identified what's on their inventory beginning to get information about those devices and what the security features are through things like the MDS-2, and begin employing the 80,001 standard, that guideline, to identify security-related risks and uh, and working on them. And it's a matter of they need to get started. They need to, uh, uh, even if it's on a fairly simple basis, this is not a problem that they're going to solve in the near t- uh, term or effectively solve in the near term. It's going to be uh, something that they're going to have to learn and improve on over a period of time, but they need to get started. They need to understand the issues and, again, what their vulnerabilities are with respect to their inventory.
0: Thanks, Stephen. I've been speaking to Stephen Grimes. I'm Marian kolbusek mcgee of Information Security Media Group. Thanks for listening.